Okay, I would like to start just by giving the definition that uh, I going to give a, uh, some basic information about this house, why it uh, has been considered by several people when we found out that it was going to be uh, demolished. We really need to look at it in a, in a little bit different way. Uh, to start with, uh, a general land description. The official address is 105 West Hill Avenue in Gallup. It is built out of Gallup bricks. It says Gallup actually in, is imprinted into, into the brick. Technically, the, uh, the building has 9,798,000 square feet. Uh, it's uh, four stories. There's a basement, a first story, a second story, and an attic, mm. a full-fledged attic. And in the combination of all of those, and the garage has uh, 1,150 square feet uh, in, in, the, in the garage. So if you want to argue with me, argue with the, the people who, who made up the decision 105 years ago, don't argue with me. Um, but uh, this is generally the, the, the building, uh, it's a, uh, at a time when on, on the north side of, um, of, of the block and also on the south side of the street because up until the turn of the century or even into the first uh, decade of the 1900s, more attention in terms of housing and stores and uh, trading posts and churches and that sort of thing were, uh, uh, were developed on, uh, from the railroad tracks south of town to satisfy the number of people that were here working the, the, uh, uh, the coal mines and working on the railroad as well. So um, C.N. Cotton, uh, who worked with the railroad, um, built his house, an immense house, and uh, in fact to give you some idea of the size of the house, it was kind of a U-shaped, so it had a patio in the middle of the house, but the one, the, the one wall on the one side of the U, the front, and then going back and in the, the, the kind of that little garden, but in the one wall they built a bowling alley, Gallup's first bowling alley. That shows you how <laughs> how much of a space they had in, uh, uh, in, in their hallway. So. And where is that located, the Cotton House? The Cotton House is now a parking lot. Uh, Across from where Lowe's is? Yeah. yeah. It was, right across the street there. It's, uh, well, across I thought it was up here on no. um, Hill and Strong, the Cotton Mansion. No, it's down, it was down oh. on the, uh, about the, but anyway, in the, on this area of uh, West Hill Avenue, 
uh, Aztec Hill and Mesa, we start seeing uh, individuals who are either in the uh, in a, their own private affairs or working with the railroad or working with the mines, uh, uh, building houses, and one of the major industries in in Gal was, uh, and that was right down by where the old post office uh, is, was uh, the kilns, uh, often just in that canyon, uh, that baked uh, brick from local clay and made uh, uh, gallop bricks and uh, had uh, uh, on the mold that made them had the, the term gallop in the mold so that it uh, impressed in, into the to the gallop. And besides the railroad, the uh, coal, that was the third major industry for many, many years. Where did you send Martin by the post office? The old yeah. post office over here across mm. from um, the Cortez Barbershop. By Yonker Bridge is where it was, mm. on the north side of Yonker Bridge. Well, well, right where that bridge is, uh, over the, over the... That's where the bridge yeah. yard was. And, but that's all behind... Uh, the post office is across from the Cortez Barbershop, is yeah. it not? That's why, they call it it the, that's why they call it the Brickyard Park over uh, there. And it was all clay that was mined locally. Uh, that canyon wasn't there to begin with. It was a man-made canyon. One of the, they've got a uh, bicycle track in there now. And uh, that whole canyon was mined uh, for the clay that was used to make the bricks that are gallop bricks and which this house is built out of. So this house is one of a number of, uh, of, of the, the houses uh, in the 19-teens uh, uh, and on up into the 1920s. This house was finished in, uh, in, in 1915 and the the uh, the the guy that that uh, uh, built it, um, uh, Dominic Morello, and a brother, they maintained a bar and a saloon in the building that's on the corner of Route 66 and Third Street. Uh, and almost all of those buildings uh, at that point in time were saloons. So, uh, but it was uh, it was one on uh, over uh, close to Third Street. Three years later, in 1918, the brother was uh, uh, was one of the casualties of the uh, influenza epidemic of, of 1918. And Dominic uh, then uh, uh, apparently stayed in it for a while. I, I can't find any records that show when exactly he moved out, except that in the early 1930s, the house is shown as uh, the people who are at least paying the taxes on the house. Uh, 
Milford and Ethel Atterbury. And uh, they lived in it completely through the uh, uh, the 1930s when there was a <coughs> uh, a lot of problems with the, with the coal mining, and we had a uh, well, I'm trying to say the, the Great Depression and that sort of thing. But they uh, they they continued to 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 live in the house and pay taxes on the house. In uh, 1941. Uh, it shows that the owner is a C.C. Benton. Uh, I can't find what line of work he did, uh, but uh, I suspect that uh, uh, he might, uh, might have been, uh, again, as most of the other people in this area, um, were in, involved in trading and uh, running uh, trading posts because uh, Gallup became a, a trade center for the, about a 80 mile radius all around Gallup. From here to Grants and to uh, uh, Ganado and, and uh, Window, Window Rock was just getting started in 1935 and so uh, these people uh, were part of Gallup's elite, and and uh, this this was a, a a brick wall like all the other walls are, and it's got windows in it. So this this living room had a wall that's got got a window in it. The dining room just off the uh, there was no wall separating the kitchen from the dining room. That wall was not there. Uh, and uh, that continued all the way into that area. Uh, and it was the, uh, that was the dining room. Uh, so um, after uh, the war, uh, in 1951, about five years or so after the war, the house was purchased by uh, Harold Bischoff. He was at uh, the K&E uh, Bakery. Uh, he and his wife had ten kids. And his house, and so they bought this house and they subdivided the second floor. Uh, some of the bedrooms were uh, two daughters, or two sisters could live in one room, two brothers, all that. To try to get ten kids in the house, and then all fed at one time, and and uh, some of the bishops talk about uh, even here in the living room that they uh, <coughs> uh, had constant, or they slept out in the porch, and uh, slept out in the backyard, even in, in that area. Um, Uh, one of the sons, David, who was continuing to operate the uh, uh, the, um, bakery. Uh, the bakery, uh, then bought it from his, the father, uh, 
1978. And for 10 years, 78 to 88, just the one son, his wife, and kids uh, lived, in, lived in the house. And, uh, but they took good care of it. And, uh, uh, but, uh, but then it got to the point where they, they wanted to live in a house that was closer to, to where the, uh, the bakery is. And the other bishops were pretty well scattered uh, throughout the town. They realized that nowhere in Gallup uh, was there really, there were a number of um, galleries, art and art shows um, around, and um, that they would like to be known as promoters of the arts. Uh, some people thought that they had given the building to the county, but they didn't. They had sold it. They, they sold it to the county. But with a stipulation, even by, by selling it, that, that you would turn the, the building into an art gallery itself. And so the office was built uh, and enclosed. Uh, this was all plastic. This wall and the other wall were all uh, boarded up. And uh, you can see where the original wall is, because that's where the electric outlets are. Down below, that's the original wall. But this and the other one was put up, and then this was re uh, recovered. And um, so it gave a lot more space to hang pictures and, and uh, uh, so the windows are still there. If somebody in the, in the future uh, wants to have some light in this room or the other room, uh, take the walls out and, and they go back to, if you go outside and go around to the parking lot and look at the building, you can see where the, the windows are. Um, the, um, the building became county property with that stipulation that it had to in, uh, enhance and encourage uh, the arts. Uh, it was the originator of what is now uh, the gallery, the 123 gallery, is uh, pretty much doing that now. But for a while, Gallup Area Arts Council <clears throat> and uh, Roseanne Groger, uh, she lives up on Green Street now, but she was kind of the, uh, the uh, original uh, the person at that time of the Gallup Area Arts uh, Council. And they named the building the Red Mesa Arts Center. Uh, fixed up the porch, and uh, also the the uh, garage, uh, the, uh, the I mean the uh, the garage a little bit. But what they did with the bedrooms upstairs is divided them up and 
rented them to, on a day basis, not overnight thing, but on a, on a day basis were rented to artists who, uh, and a good example, I knew uh, uh, people you know, uh, like Phyllis Wardenberg and uh, uh, Dory Laycock and, and a number of other artists and Navajo artists. Uh, if they're painting at home, that meant that they had to clean up the brushes and clean all the art and everything off and everything because they're probably painting in the living room or the dining room or someplace like that. But here they could rent uh, a, uh, a room and they could paint in, it was to paint in. And uh, they could come in and use it at night too. They all had keys and they all had new light switches or whatever. And for several years, uh, every room upstairs and and even around here uh, were um, occupied, were rented by artists uh, who then uh, became um, uh, uh, people who were uh, selling their art as a as an income. I mean that that was their job. That was their their. Uh, their business and and, uh, uh, and this was kind of their headquarters. Uh, I was a member of the uh, Gallup Area Arts Council. Uh, so was uh, uh, Caroline Milligan. The guy that had the gal the five galleries here in town at that time. And the one that was down here on, on the, it's now the, uh, the guy that owns it now, I've kind of had it. Uh, the Milan? Was it Milan? Milan. I don't know what, I think he just called it Gallup. Uh, 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 what did he have on Saturday morning? Uh, uh, not the, not, uh, the flea market? Flea market, the flea market. I think he calls it the Gallup flea market, doesn't he? And it's right across from Sammy C's. And, uh, but, uh, but the guy that uh, owned it then actually, uh, it's Richard, Richard something. Anyway, he had been a teacher out of Fort Wingate at the Fort Wingate High School uh, and, and lived in a house out there. When he moved, when he uh, retired from teaching, he moved in, bought this gallery, and then set the whole back part of it up as a, as a, as a living quarters. So there was a little bedroom, a bathroom, and the kitchen, kitchenette, and that sort of thing. So he lived right there in in the gallery, and um, uh, and he's one of the few individuals that came up with this idea of an arch crawl on the first Saturday of the month. Uh, talked to the city uh, managing managers into changing the light bulbs, the street bulbs, the street lights, 
to a yellow one. So they look like the old-fashioned light bulbs from way back around the turn of the century. Now I hear all I hear about is complaints now because people don't know their history. That uh, that those are actually his to represent historical light bulbs. But uh, we uh, and then uh, we, uh, <coughs> Red Mesa Art Center was always the lead uh, place or location for the people that are going to take the uh, arts crawl. And, then, and in that concept of arts crawl was not open to uh, uh, families, uh, you know, parents with their kids and that sort of thing. It was only open to adults in the Gallup or Albuquerque, people from Albuquerque would come in, uh, from grants, uh, uh, who are interested in buying paintings or photographs. <clears throat> and uh, so having a, a painting that was three or four thousand dollars for sale, uh, uh, some of these galleries, and like I said, there was another one down where that tattoo place is now was the gallery. There was a, a uh, a gallery where the woman that has the uh, uh, making, making, uh, weaving, uh, weaving, is, she's a good buyer of my, uh, uh, <coughs> the, um, the, the goat in the rug book and that. But uh, uh, sometimes there were violinists or, or people that would play instruments. There were times when the library, as was during the summertime, uh, Mary, uh, the librarian, pretty much at that time was uh, Mary Ellen. Um, Paddington. Yeah. And uh, so she would coordinate activities with Red Mesa Center. But we were always the first place. Uh, wine was always served and uh, uh, little eatables, and I think there's still a whole box of wine glasses underneath the counter there. I took I took one home, but I think there's still another one there. So if you see it, find a box full of wine bottles, you know, where they're, that they, there was a time when they were used. That's why kids weren't here, mm -hmm. because alcohol was served, I presume. Yeah, but this was not a kid's thing, this, yeah. this was for adults. And so uh, we usually had the artists, a couple of them, uh, and uh, we would end up, this is a, uh, a typical announcement, Al, Arch Crawl, uh, again uh, includes Red Mason Center, and then, uh, and then uh, you had a, the, the two artists that were, uh, well, who were recognized as being the, the top artists that, that month. Uh, and in this case it was uh, Phyllis Wardenberg Broadbent and Dory Laycock. And uh, uh, so they, and the Gallup Independent would give the two of them uh, 
this kind of publicity. And so uh, the Red Mesa Center, Red Mesa Art Center, would uh, get a commission from the art that was sold, and uh, and most uh, and there was mostly regular holes in the walls. Uh, it was uh, for it was nails for nails. <coughs> uh, and uh, this is how the uh, the uh, Red Mesa Art Center or the Gallup Area Arts Council. Um, there was a time when they were finally they had a bank account of about twenty-seven thousand dollars, just from the commissions and the and helping selling uh, photographs and paintings and and uh, 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 and. Uh, the rent that they got from the artists upstairs in the, in the rooms upstairs. Uh, not much concern given to the bathrooms or, or showers or anything like that because these people didn't spend the night here. They were just here during it. And then they only came Monday, Wednesday, and Friday or something like that. But all the rooms were, were meant uh, just for, uh, uh, as an art studio for, for local artists. In, um, the turn of the century, there were some people who came in and kind of took over the being officers in the Red, in the Gallup Area Arts Council. Uh, Roseanne was, she kind of was, ran, ran, that was her office, and uh, uh, people could come in here anytime other day and, and want to talk if they wanted to buy a painting, uh, no problem. <coughs> anyway, there was a financial problem. Some and I don't remember the names. I wouldn't want to anyway. Uh, but the newspaper clippings all about it and. Uh, in about six weeks, the, the new president, it turned out where you only had to have one signature on the check. Uh, the first thing that the Gallup Area Arts Council, quote unquote, went north of Gallup in that area where there were horse uh, trailers and, and all that sort of and spent twenty, uh, or I think it was twelve, fifteen thousand dollars on a couple of trailers and a horse trailer. Uh huh. What? And the next time that we had a group of meetings, they uh, and the treasurer said that that amount of money. Well, why did we need it? And the president simply said, "Because I wanted it." Uh, by the next uh, by the next meeting, the next uh, uh, Gallup Area Arts Council was broke. He had spent the whole twenty-seven thousand uh, dollars. 
So he ended up in going to court. They, uh, they took him and Roseanne both to court. Um, they shut this down. <coughs> the county moved back in. <coughs> and um, at that point in time, the Plateau Sciences Society met out at Red Rock Park at the museum, out, out at the uh, uh, at the park. And we were more oriented toward museums, and uh, and that continued on for a couple of of, of years. It was. Uh, uh, It sat empty for about a year. The Gallup Area Arts Council officially went uh, uh, bankrupt. Or, Disincorporated. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, disbanded. Uh, Roseanne's, they, they had a, a lot of stuff back in the... Uh, in the uh, garage, the lawyers, the judges, and the sheriff's department uh, from the county all came here one day and cleared out the garage. That was interesting to watch. Uh -huh. uh, Roseanne was here, she was allowed to take some. I took some stuff, uh, tables, and odds and ends of things. I, I didn't have any interest in the building at the time, I was just to see what was all up. That's when we found the, the whole boxes of, of uh, wine bottles and <laughs> wine glasses and, and that sort of thing. So it was officially declared that the uh, Gallup Area Arts Council does not have any uh, claim to occupying this building. So, um, and I didn't, both Betsy and I, uh, then we heard by the, uh, by the um, scuttle, but that the, the, uh, the county was going to tear the building down. And I have a copy, I don't know what happened to my letter, there's a copy of a letter that uh, uh, that Betsy Windish wrote and uh, uh, Was that in the 90s? In the, was that in the 1990s? Yeah, that, uh, that uh, not to tear it down. So I, I met with the uh, the attorney, the county attorney, and uh, we formulated a, uh, uh, I've got a copy of that here too, uh, the uh, it's 
the uh, the management and service agreement for Red Basis Center, and we officially dropped the word arts out of the, so that we wouldn't be confused with the Gallup Area Arts Council and calling it the Red Rock Arts Center, because now it's going to be a center for Plateau Science Society, and that means that we might have an exhibit or a speaker or something, on paleontology, or dinosaurs, or rocks, or or plants, or all all, all the different sciences that we were involved in, and uh, had really nothing to do with uh, uh, with the uh, just just promoting art or artists. And when we realized that uh, not only are we uh, uh, The occupancy of the building, but that we we could do what we wanted to with the rooms upstairs, <clears throat> and so we decided then to rent them out to make the money that we we're uh, going to have to pay to occupy the building. Now the the paying off the county uh, <clears throat> one dollar a year would be a big issue about going in there with the one dollar uh, a year to pay it. But to pay the utilities, because if we were going to use it now, we have to pay to have the toilet flush and the lights go on and that sort of thing. So both the uh, utilities and, which included the water, and then the gas, which included the, the heating. And you know yourself what, what, uh, what expenses those, uh, ended up to be. And then uh, I think I left it over. It's written about this size. Uh, this is the bylaws of the plateau. But the uh, uh, the 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 document that uh, covered the, uh, you, the, the uh, insurance bill in case somebody slipped on the sidewalk or had an accident here in the house. The liability insurance. The liability uh, was, was uh, anything but an atomic explosion <laughs> it was almost covered. And that was our big cut. That was $800 a year to pay for the uh, liability. And uh, as, as a public organization, uh, pretty much uh, that's what. In, also, in the meantime, when we first moved in, uh, we fashioned uh, uh, that uh, panel with photographs and, and a bit of description uh, of what the, some of the act 
activities that we had, speakers and field trips and that sort of thing, uh, that we, uh, the size of the Colorado Plateau, which people still want to, you, you know, what do you call it, why do you call it the Plateau Sciences Society? And if you read that inscription and look at that map, you'll see that we're talking about the whole uh, northwestern part of New Mexico and some of the northeastern part of Arizona and on up into even to Colorado a little bit. For a while we published a, a series of books and they're all shown copies and most of them are, are displayed there. And <clears throat> the Antiquities Act of 1906 something that we got very involved in in helping organizations. Now, this is museums and archaeology and uh, uh, the, the tribes uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, <clears throat> to keep from having uh, non-Indians <clears throat> and non-archaeologists go out on a especially in the Pueblo area, not so much, but go to the sites <coughs> and uh, um, dig up pottery and, and uh, arrowheads and all that sort of thing, and, and this loop uh, of this region. So we, uh, there for a while, New Mexico uh, Archaeological Society of Santa Fe, divided the whole state up into areas of, of uh, Anasazi sites uh, and in clusters, like there'd be a, a cluster down by uh, where, um, what's again, I used to live here, um, Strider, Strider, Strider uh, uh, that, that area. But uh, there was uh, a, a number of um, of sites up in this area along around Tuahatchee and uh, all along the Cheska Mountains, and we uh, signed an, an agreement where we would be the watchdog for those sites and make sure that they weren't being pot hunted. So we'd go out or somebody. We had 50 or 60 members, and so different members would go out on, and we had a map and so on, which site to look at. In fact, that's on that lower one right there. The Beastie uh, Badlands. A bunch of us looking at one of those sites that uh, uh, that uh, we had signed up for. And uh, sites uh, south of Gallup, between here and Zuni, were some that we uh, had uh, agreed to, and just to keep the pot hunting down. And uh, so, uh, and I've got something along that line to bring up at the, at the meeting. Oh, one note that might be worth raising is that when Plateau Sciences made the agreement with the county, the county stipulated that under no circumstances could Plateau Sciences Society pursue protection for the property um, as a historic right. site, well, anyway. and, that, and that opened the door for them mm. to to declare that they were going to demolish the building. 
But uh, anyway, uh, this is, uh, we, we were the, the last occupants at all the time when the uh, <clears throat> county actually owned the building. Susan has a question. And, and then, um, and then they um, decided to put it up for sale again. And uh, so it, it really gave the plateau, you know, what do we do? Do we go into any long-term projects? Uh, I don't know anymore. Uh, we lost a lot of uh, uh, renters. And, and the society itself is losing a lot of members. Uh, I wish we had some members that were 20, 25 years old. I can't really, like, uh, you can see all, the list of all the members at the beginning. Uh, when you were in, in Winter Rock, mm -hmm. that was yeah. when you started in Winter Rock. And we were Rock. associated with the museum. And we had something like 58 members. Well, I remember when we used to meet at the library when Octavia was the librarian. Yeah. And I think when she retired, we ended up going up to the UNM library because Kathy uh, was the librarian there. Mm -hmm. And that's when we discussed taking this building over. What year was that? The year, actually, it was, was uh, the year... Uh, 2002. Really? Mm -hmm. 2002. 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the uh, Gallup Area Arts Council received, got the building in 1988. So from 1988 to 2002, which is then what? 14 years at the Red Mesa Center, or the Gallup Area Arts Council, and, and it was called the Red Mesa Arts Center, uh, occupied it. And then we took over uh, when they became defunct. So, uh, one of the things that we had put in, we, uh, the plateau had the ceiling lights, again, to, as a continuation of using this room for art displays and and, uh, and painting displays, we and it wasn't cheap. Uh, the framework that that was installed along the top, and then with these uh, uh, usable handles, so you can move them one way or other, and a little metal part you can move up and down, so you can hang pictures on the walls, and you're not putting the hole in. To the wall. Yeah. Uh, so uh, um, I knew a, a, a Navajo woman that she was the only Navajo woman that ran for president of the Navajo Nation. Lenora Fulton? Mm hmm. Lenora Fulton? No. What was her name? Lenora Fulton. I'm trying to think of her name now. I think it was Laura Bennett. And, you know, Anyway, she made the, these curtains, uh, and so I. Don't know what you're talking so, about. was it Kay? Bob did it. Yeah. She always rode in the uh, ceremonial parade on horseback. Was it Kay Bennett? Kay Bennett, that's it. Kay Bennett. I called her Kay, Kay Bob. Bennett, and she mm -hmm. actually ran for uh, back in uh, the 
the early the days. the century, okay. she ran for, for uh, uh, pre president. And she was the first Navajo woman to want yeah. run for president. Yeah, yeah but, but anyway, the, the, the curtains there yeah. are... So yeah, there others are, have followed their lead. Oh, yes. Anyway, that's basically what uh, I wanted to... Uh, I hope we got it all recorded. But the, uh, the fact that for so many years, with different owners and different uh, uh, emphasis, but I think the one major uh, focus uh, of the, uh, well, since 1988 anyway, when, uh, when it came to county property, is that the building remained, is not demolished, and plays a role to whatever extent in, uh, in the arts and culture of the town of Gallup. 